My name is Shri Jashet. I'm co-founder at LegalWiz.in, and we are doing a podcast on legal talks with each eye. Uh, legal talks is going to be a series of multiple episodes, which is going to discuss a lot of different pain points that startups and especially you know founders of the startups have around how to establish a company, uh, do the due diligences, compliances. It is going to be a few other episodes that would also be airing after this. We are going to discuss today specifically about what are the pain points around the business structure that a startup owner should opt for when they are trying to start a new business. And we have two fantastic founders. First is Mr. Krenal Mehta. And Krenal is uh, leading a company called Growth.Digital and which is into digital marketing. The other person that we have in-house is Mr. Sandeep Mudaliar. And Sandeep Mudaliar handles Brios Consultancy, which is an HR consultancy in Ahmedabad. Thank you for joining us, uh, Krenal and uh, Sandeep Bhai. And uh, we are excited to have you over here. Pleasure joining you, Srijay. Thank and you. Hi, everyone. Great. So um, today's uh, talk uh, about what kind of business structure uh, should you opt in, we rather wanted to kind of make it a lot more interactive with some real-time uh, feedback from uh, founders of the startups themselves. And that is why, uh, you know, we are we have gathered here to kind of discuss those things. Um, so there are particularly certain points that, uh, you know, as a, as a service provider, let's say, uh, you know, LegalWiz.in as a service provider would look for uh, when somebody comes to us and says that we want to start a business, uh, right? Uh, and there are certain aspects which are critically assessed to really tell them what kind of business structure is more importantly uh, suits them and the reasoning behind that, uh, you know, why factor of it, um, right? So, uh, so let me very briefly introduce five different major uh, business structures uh, that are prevailing in India, uh, which are, uh, you know, those structures as more about for-profit businesses. Uh, and we'll kind of keep not-for-profit businesses apart for uh, this particular talk. So the first business structure that we have, the simplest one, is called a proprietorship, which is uh, basically an individual kind of starting a business, uh, has the least amount of compliances required, and it is an extension of an individual entering a business in a, in a most natural way. Uh, the second is when, obviously, two people come together and form it as a partnership. Now, partnership can be either registered or unregistered. And there are several advantages and disadvantages which we will kind of go, go over when uh, we detail in the talk. The third, uh, which is rather an interesting structure, uh, is called a limited liability partnership, uh, better known as an LLP. And LLP is a breed between uh, a company, so it kind of carries certain values and advantages of a company structure and it also kind of brings in a lot of value uh, of being nimble and uh, rather a conventional structure, which is a partnership. Uh, so an LLP is kind of, you can you can think that as a uh, bridge between the two uh, and which is uh, driven by the Limited Liability Partnership Act of 2008. Then the other th two structures, and they are kind of similar. Uh, one is an OPC, which is, an one, which is a one-person company. And one-person company basically is, you still want to get all the benefits of a company, but at the same time, you are only by yourself in the business. Uh, and a more uh, a mainstream version of that is a private limited company, which everybody is kind of um, uh, you know aware about. Uh, and that is uh, incorporated under the Companies Act 2013 as of today. So these are majorly five different structures that a company, uh, one-person company, LLP, partnership, proprietorship, uh, that prevail uh, in, in the... Uh, in the country uh, as of today for a for-profit uh, business running. 
Uh, so I'm going to ask certain questions to each of you. Uh, and then we will try to kind of critically assess what is or what could have been a great structure for you to start. Uh, right. So first thing first, uh, let me ask you, Krinal, is uh, how many owners or founders do you have in this company? So ours at the moment is a private limited uh, structure. So Fair. it's known by the name of Squid Research Private Limited. Okay. Where there are two directors. So one is me and the other one is my father. Fair. So there are two people uh, involved in this Correct. business. Absolutely. And how would it go for you, Mr. Madalyar? Yeah. So uh, for us also, we basically a limited liability partnership firm. Great. And two of the co-founders are you know the core partners in this LLP. So that's how the current structure works for us. Fair enough. That is amazing. So uh, it is also interesting to know that we have two different structures in the house right now. Uh, and I also own um, a business structure called Hire for Hire Consulting. Uh, which is a proprietorship and a legal dot in private limited, which is a private limited. Yeah, company. And, so, and just to add into that, I have a, a again a parallel different venture, which is again a partnership firm though. Fair so enough. So probably think, we have different combinations here. Absolutely. So I think we have all the uh, all the cards in the deck. So that is amazing to know. Uh, absolutely. That is going to make this uh, conversation a lot more interesting and, and probably a lot more insightful as well. Um, so just a little bit of context or pointer on this uh, is out of the five uh, different structures that we kind of thought of or, or discussed about one person company and proprietorship are the one obviously which would have only one owner of the company versus the other three have to have at least two owners uh, out there so uh, so definitely that is the first step I think you kind of take uh, in assessing what is a good structure uh, is you assess whether you are by yourself or you are with somebody and, and that kind of uh, you know, filters out and obvious options for you. The second question is how risky is your business or how, how much of a risk taking ability or, or rather an exposure to risk that you want to take as a business. Uh, now, when I say as a business is basically a lot of other structures also extend your business risk to your personal liabilities, right? A lot of times we, uh, hear that, uh, a business loss kind of carried forward to somebody's personal assets or the ghar big gaya wali situation, right? So, um, so whether your business is risky enough uh, to take that chance or is it uh, so risky that you might as well just kind of stay away from that uh, is, is another question that I would have. So if somebody can chime in for that. So uh, in our case, because we are a service provider, so the risk is minimal to that front. Fair. So uh, as such, there is no exposure to risk because uh, our payments are due only when the services are availed. Great. So uh, we do not have a capital intensive structure where we have machineries, etc. that would carry a lot of risk. Fair enough. Right. So, Absolutely. Uh, and how yeah. would it go? Yeah, I think for us also, risk is not the major concern because when we started, uh, what was more important for us was the flexibility to operate. Uh, and we were kind of a little conscious of getting too much of into formal setups and everything and not giving away our freedom to operate. That's when we said we will go into a structure which is, uh, you know, minimum exposure to risk as well as a flexibility for us to operate the way we want to. So these were the primary focus for us. And, and like Rinal said, we were also into a service-based business. So there was no direct exposure on the business side of things are concerned. Correct. And so, so kind of rounding up that point is if you go with a conventional setup, which is uh, a partnership firm or a proprietorship firm, right? Your exposure to risk also gets to your personal assets True. Uh, versus if you go with a limited liability partnership or a company structure, may it be a private limited 
or an OPC structure, uh, your risk uh, is restricted to how much of a capital exposure do you have to the business. And, and your risk more or less ends over there, except for certain uh, exceptional cases where we have uh, seen the government kind of, you know, overruling that situation and, uh, and, and find the directors or the promoters of the company personally liable for any sort of uh, mishaps that had happened in the company, which is a, which is an edge case to kind of discuss. Uh, if I would talk about myself, uh, primarily why hire for hire is, is, uh, built as a proprietorship is because I'm on my own on that. Uh, more importantly, uh, you know, I'm a service industry, uh, we provide consulting. Um, and so a lot of, uh, risk is already kind of managed, uh, within the billing process itself. Uh, we never have a lot of exposure to, uh, you know, overdue bills and those kind of things. Uh, more importantly, uh, you know, as Krinal kind of mentioned, it is uh, not a capital intensive business, right? So I would rather not uh, restrict my risk and take that much, uh, you know, of a risk and, and enjoy other benefits that proprietorship kind of gives me, uh, which is basically, uh, you know, the flexibility in operating and uh, decision making, decision making compliance is another big thing, which we will kind of touch, touch upon after this. Uh, so, so that is why it is kind of structured as a proprietorship uh, versus legal ways is an e-commerce venture. It has to scale, uh, right? It has to bring investors on board. It has higher risk, uh, um, you know, kind of as a business model in general. Uh, and so that is why it is structured as a private limited company. So, uh, so how much of a risk or risky your business is, is also a critical aspect uh, about deciding uh, what uh, model fits you the best. Um, I think the third thing is, uh, do you need, uh, to provide ESOP or employee stock option plans or, uh, those kind of incentives to your employees, uh, which are ownership based in incentives, uh, is it something that is almost mandatory in your business? Now, a lot of businesses in the West kind of have that as a mandatory, uh, feature to, for the startups to attract good employees. Is it something that you feel, uh, is the need of the hour for your business, uh, Mr. Sandeepai? Yes, so uh, that's something of an interesting perspective because we work with some of the large matured organizations also in the consulting services. So ESOP is something which is very, very attractive from an employee retention point of view. But honestly, the kind of size and scale of uh, operations that we have, uh, something which is really good but not immediately required for us. So hence, we kind of are operating in a structure which is more flexible for us uh, than getting into very formal structure. So yes, ESOP has a great value proposition, but something we would explore in, in near future to come. Fair enough. No, that's that's uh, a great perspective. And Krinal, how would it go about? So, as for us, at the moment, we are not considering uh, giving out ESOPs. But then, uh, because we work with a lot of clients from the West, uh, this is something that uh, when we talk about staff augmentation, and then there are resources that might require to go on-site at the client's end, this is something that would really help us attract the right kind of talent uh, that you just mentioned. So, this is something that we are considering down the road. Absolutely. So if, if that is something that is definitely in consideration, uh, private limited is a great structure for you, right? Because, uh, by default, private limited company is something which, uh, is driven by the share capital or the ownership is driven by the share capital, which is probably one of the, or unarguably one of the, um, easiest way to transfer ownerships across all the different structures, right? So, so when you have share capital defining your structure, uh, it becomes much easy to transfer your ownership to others. May it be your own employees or may it be 
um, somebody who is an outside investor for that matter, right? So that kind of brings me to my next point is, do you anticipate onboarding an outside investor, may it be a venture capital firm, may it be, uh, you know, seed investment or an angel investment or an HNI investment at this point of time? I just wanted to add something with the ESOPs, sure. thing, right? So other than attracting the talent for the startup, the other benefit that I see with ESOPs, it, it provides the employees to have a skin in the game. So, and, and, and finding right employees and finding good employees that, you know, uh, work for you as if it's their own organization, it's always being an ongoing challenge. So I think if they have ESOPs, it makes them feel that this is kind of their own baby and then they you don't have to instruct everything. They start taking that charge and I think that helps uh, the organization grow at a faster pace. Absolutely. It is an ownership, sense of ownership. Sense of ownership. Yes. So, yes. Uh, that is definitely true. And, and then kind of, you know, extending the same point is, let's say if you have plans for onboarding investments yes. uh, for your organization, right? Then also uh, private limited becomes a very, uh, very convenient structure to do so. Uh, not that you can not do that in LLP as well, um, because uh, both LLP and private limited by nature limits the liability of every participant uh, in the company, right? Or in the organization. So LLP also have limited liability of people who have invested in the company. Uh, so as the private limited company. And so those are the only two structures that most likely any outside investors who does not have a lot of control over the operations will entertain. Okay. Um, because otherwise what we, what they would do is they would actually sign up for an unlimited liability hmm. if they are a regular partnership or a proprietorship kind of a situation, right? So, so a company format or an LLP is almost a bare minimum requirement to attract an outside third party investment. Uh, it is more preferred uh, when it is in private limited company over an LLP. And the major reason is because an LLP to its core structure is still a partnership, right? So it is governed by an LLP agreement. Uh, wherein everybody who joins in is a partner, right? Versus a private limited company, they are shareholders and there are distinct, um, there are distinct rights and responsibilities of owners versus the directors, wherein owners being the owners of the shares and the directors being the ones who are actually running the operations of the company. And that is why it becomes so easy for a private limited company to actually keep that distinction alive and, and attract investors to participate in an ownership or round of funding hmm. uh, over an LLP. And obviously an LLP can at any point of time also be converted into a private limited company as the need be. So so those doors are always open. Right. But what I understand, Srijay, broadly is, um, uh, let's say if you're looking from an investor perspective point of view, so even if you're an LLP or a private limited, both these options are actually giving you a roadmap to go ahead and start pitching for investor or, you know, start getting into that conversation. But as this get into a little more matured stage, so as you're saying is private limited structure is far more organized way of managing, you know, the equities and, you know, uh, having an investor coming in and, you know, broadly bifurcating a response. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so it is not that, that investors are going to shy away because it is an LLP because LLP also provides them limited liability over the investment that they are doing. But when it is a private limited company scenario, it is generally preferred for the reasons that there is a lot of segregation. There is a lot of 
compliances there is a lot of uh, you know better watch of the government and a lot of other legalities that are taken care in a little better manner than nllp so that it becomes a more preferred option for an investor to kind of enter in okay. uh, but obviously llp uh, is is also uh, you know viable option to kind of attract uh, outside investment for sure so is it so that private limited overall provides more financial transparency to an investor compared to an llp from a business perspective it absolutely does because it is governed by uh, the roc and uh, uh, and the companies act 2013 so so that requires a lot more compliances in general for example an llp might not be audited if it does not have you know 25 lakh rupees of exposure toward capital or or 40 lakh rupees of exposure uh towards uh towards the sales or 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 the volume uh right it it might not comply or it might not do an audit and still comply with the act versus every private limited company has to have an audit and so those kind of small little things which kind of gives the investor a little better Confidence. comfort zone confident you may say more transparency uh, absolutely uh, that that you know it it kind of uh, smoothens out uh those those processes a little little bit and i think even the small small things like uh, we changed the office right so we had to change the address which required a board resolution to be passed so that requires again the board resolution goes to uh, mca i believe Correct. so then again there is a transparency there so any subtle change happening in the business from a operational perspective uh, i think would have a better transparency or right those so those action oriented uh changes uh, will almost stay similar for an llp and a private limited company there are not a lot of distinctions around it okay uh, so so those would definitely be taken care of in an llp as well uh, it is more about you know something that is related to an audit or okay. you know if you have an esop pool then you know how those shares or the pools is managed and those kind of things which kind of gives them a better clarity of the roadmap and the existing yeah. situation of the okay. of the business so i think well, there is one interesting example i would like to quote here i mean so uh, when did we actually realize the importance of being an organized and a registered companies you know when there was a time when we were kind of bidding for certain big projects and these were the clients who are global organizations you know multinational organizations so when we actually approached them you know the whole bidding process is quite uh, lengthy and you know stringent and they have lot of documentation requirements that they have and i think the only reason we probably missed that whole deal was because we were not a private limited company you know and they actually wanted to work with a organized private limited firm versus an llp so i think when you're dealing with some large scale organizations as a service provider it also brings lot of credibility if you yeah, are a private limited yes. organization versus a partnership firm proprietor or an llp to an extent it is an it is an absolute truth right i mean because a lot of lot of records that are for an llp or a private limited company more so for a private limited company are are openly available Publicly out there available, right so right. they are available on an mca website you can actually download the audited uh, you know statements or directors uh, report or auditors report and those kind of things so those financial reports are available for the public with the highest transparency to kind of assess uh, and that is why these uh, business structures are thought to be much more credible compared to a proprietorship which not at all requires any sort of registration uh processes or uh, you know a partnership which could be registered or unregistered, unregistered depending right. on uh you know what are the advantages and disadvantages of of that people take a call 
सो इफ यू आर अ गुड पॉइंट इज इफ यू आर अ पार्टनरशिप एंड नॉट रजिस्टर्ड पार्टनरशिप देन यू कैन नॉट सू योर पार्टनर्स एज वेल एज आउटसाइडर्स दे कुड डू सो विथ यू ओके इफ यू आर अ रजिस्टर्ड पार्टनरशिप विच यू कैन बिकम एट एनी पॉइंट सो यू डोंट हैव टू बी रजिस्टर्ड टू स्टार्ट विथ यू कैन डू रजिस्ट्रेशन लेटर एज वेल यू गेट एन अबिलिटी टू एक्चुअली चैलेंज समबडी इन द कोर्ट फॉर दैट मैटर i think when it comes to bad debt recovery does private limited uh, provide more safer means of recoveries compared to other forms or it is, is that not the case it might and might not be in terms of let's say because it is more structured more governed you definitely be- stand a better chance that your books are going to be clear so there is a lot of credibility authenticity to it uh, your documents are vetted all the time uh, and so it it might give you a better standing uh, you know in terms of uh, in terms of how you prove your transactional details right. uh and and those kind of things so so that yeah. that is why i say that it might not be and, and i think there is a be. very interesting perspective i mean to just recent uh, past uh, while we were debating you know llp versus private limited so it happened with us actually as a growing organization so uh, one of the employee working with our team you know um, she came back and you know she asking us no why is it you guys are into an llp structure why can't you move to private limited so we said what happened i mean why why are you asking us as an employee so this apparently this employee was you know uh, wanting to apply for a financial loan yes. from a bank yes. so she went up and you know applied for a loan uh, she the whole process of documentation went on for a good long weeks time and then after that bank rejected the application and the reason being quoted is because you're working in an llp company uh, we cannot provide you a personal loan and yes. had it been a private limited or a limited company we would have actually happily extended you a loan and and surprisingly this was the bank wherein we bank ourselves for last 10 years wow, imagine that is, that is so <laughs> this happens you know. that is quite yeah. a news <laughs> <laughs> uh, but does that like usually happen or that's an edge case like llp i, I would i would think i would think that to be an edge case llp okay. is definitely considered as one of the higher uh, more credible uh, business organization structure so Uh, so definitely, I would definitely park that yeah, as an edge. Yeah, was it a nationalized bank, uh, bank by any chance? No, so it was a private, private, bank. private okay. bank only. Okay. Uh, but maybe I think what I understood is with the recent, uh, you know, the crackdown on all these uh, mm. NPAs, you know, banks have become little more stringent. Maybe we would one or those cases actually might be the case. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so another question that I would always ask entrepreneurs when I, you know, kind of consult them on what kind of business structure is is. Uh, how likely are you going to exit your business uh, anytime soon or later and uh, and obviously everybody is kind of almost confirmed to die uh, but but do you envision your business going beyond your identity um so so that is and and most of the people would you know i'll, I'll take an answer uh, for everybody is is a yes right is is people want to uh, have their business beyond their identities and and this is very important because a private limited company um will sustain after you know uh, if you are not if you are not there or even if you exit for other reason for example you sell off the company um, right versus a, so if we take a proprietorship proprietorship structure by itself is an extension of your own identity and so uh, to an extent that that the proprietorship also has the same itr filing process as an individual so shrijay shet and shrijay shet as a proprietor the same thing and 
and file an ID, ITR or income tax return as an individual with the business income. So that is the that, that is the proprietorship for you, right? So so it is the easiest way of floating the business and managing the business. Versus a private limited company, you have shareholders and the legal entity of a private limited company is a different individual in the books of law than the owners of the company. Yes. And so even though people who own the company are no more or people who own the company sell it off to somebody else, identity as a company remains as is and has an unlimited infinite existence uh, in the books of law. So, so that is one thing which is very important is, is how do you want to plan and structure that I think is, is very important. Um, apart from that, um, a few other minor points, for example, if you want a foreign participation, um, then an LLP and a private limited company are very convenient option, not so an OPC. Um, but private limited company is a better option because uh, for a lot of processes uh, and type of businesses, it is an automatic route of investment versus an LLP uh, might have a little bit of uh, compliance requirements around it. Um, apart from that, so this is uh, so far what we have what we have discussed is the scale and existence, right? Which is right. every entrepreneur's wish. But at the same time, there are also businesses that are not started envisioning that scale they are they are done for other purposes for example a mom and pop shop uh, you know small scale business where there is not a lot of risk right. involvement or financial uh, or any any uh, of that sort right so so now we will we will kind of turn the tables and see why a private limited company and llp are heavier structures and a partnership and proprietorship can rather become viable structure right so the first thing first is how likely are you going to be keeping up with all the compliance requirements, right? And and is it something that you would worry about or is it something that you don't worry about? Now, LegalWaste.in by itself uh, is uh, formed to, uh, you know, with, with a dream that we want to make people compliant. And a lot of people had that perception about law where they would think that it is very difficult to cope up with. and 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 so we kind of jump in the process and say that, okay, now we are going to make it easier for people. But otherwise as well, sometimes it is perceived as a very complex thing. So, so do you have that experience with, um, so, uh, very honestly, uh, I did attempt the CA exam and okay. uh, that was my last encounter with, uh, <laughs> the compliance <laughs> side of things <laughs> ever since I've been, uh, found my calling in computers and try and stay away from things. But then I have a very good friend of mine who is actually a company secretary, as you yeah. know, yeah, and he runs a compliance, uh, organization. Right. So, so I rely on him entirely. Yeah. And he was the one who told me that it is better to go for a private limited because we were already expecting some investment to come in yeah. where I actually went to him to suggest that I would want to go the LLP route because I have been told so okay. or because of less compliances. Right. So, and he was the one that said that you don't have to worry about all the compliances because you have my support and I'm always yeah. going to be there. My firm is there. We'll take care of all the compliances. Agree. Right. So, and we'll guide you through. Yeah. So because I had that support, I took, that, uh, you know, so-called risk of, you know, going the private limited route as my first organization. Otherwise, I would also have preferred, uh, uh, like Sandeep, by the LLP route. Fair. So going to a little different end of it, right, is uh, and, and leaving private limited and LLP uh, kind of a little on side and why, 
proprietorship or partnerships which are rather kind of thought of as inferior mm. uh, uh you know uh, kind of business structures but but very interestingly <clears throat> uh the statistics still show that it is a lot higher registrations on those categories compared to a private limited or an llp and the primary reason of that is the ease of doing business ease of right business. or so is the, or is it the ease of not maintaining the books of accounts uh it it not necessarily right because if you are small right um uh, then obviously you have lesser uh, radar on you if you if you dream big and you take those chances obviously government has to keep those checks and balances in place and so there is higher compliance so what i'm trying to make as a point is there is a sweet balance between how heavier you go on the structure which is private limited or an llp and how lean could you go on a structure which is a proprietorship and partnership and if your business does not need those kind of complexities you might as well be better of using a proprietorship right for example hire for hire it is a proprietorship it does sizable uh, you know amount of business so it is actually under the audit radar and it has to be audited and what not but at the same time it gives me a lot of flexibility in terms of managing the business right that i would rather stick with a proprietorship firm now now when it gets to a stage where i need an outside funding or where i have to grow very fast or where i have to take some risk to kind of grow it to the next level and those kind of things uh, and i want to restrict my personal risk into it then then i would think of shifting that into a private limited uh, or an llp structure so um, so it is kind of a risk versus compliance or how much of a compliance complexities that you take on and what is the benefit that you get out of it is kind of um, you know decide deciding factor in terms of uh and and also expenses for that matter right is is uh, definitely all the compliances come at certain level of expenses right so it is uh, you know it is not always free uh, right and and so there is a cost associated uh, cost in terms of time and cost in terms of uh, your efforts as well and so so if you think that that is something that is worth taking on for the betterment of the business uh, then obviously uh, yeah, no, you know that calls you're for right i mean we pretty much we went through this whole evolution cycle you know uh, in our case as i said you no know, our first venture was more of a partnership firm you know and uh, but the reason why we went into a partnership firm is me and my other co-founder both of us were into our respective corporate careers and you know and uh, this entrepreneurship drip was there dream was there with us but then because we were working in respective corporate setups so we could not be uh, the ones who could initiate it so that's the first step we took that we wanted a structure which is kind of you know flexible and then slowly gradually we move out of our corporate jobs and join this venture and that's how we started our first which was a partnership firm pretty much it was initiated with our wives being the formal partners on paper and we kind of slowly gradually doing all the groundwork and coming into it but the very next venture that we kind of formally was into was then an llp and then we ended up creating the third one again which is an llp but yes, as srij rightly said it's you know the need and the maturity of the business cycle that you're going from one phase to another phase obviously the next phase for us is to you know convert each one of these llps into a private limited firm to be a more matured organizations and being more credible institution as such so Fair i enough. think uh, it all boils down to really thinking it through as founders as entrepreneurs when we have the idea and and we really want to execute it sooner than later our focus is not so much to think the entire business through for the next 5 10 years so if an entrepreneur really thinks 
that this is stage one. Okay, stage two, I'm looking at getting investment maybe, and stage three, maybe I'm looking at foreign investment, for example. Then instead of maybe an LLP, they would immediately go for a private limited because the conversion from an LLP to private limited, I believe, is also is a task. Is a task for sure. Yeah, right. So and and that takes a lot of additional effort. So I might as well. So I think. It, it's all about thinking this through. In, it's about the vision, just yeah. taking Absolutely. a real-time call. How, how yeah. long so, your vision is. Yeah. Correct. You kind of decide your roadmap and, and see what is the likelihood of having these events happening True. Uh, you know, in the uh, in the long and short run. And, and that is how you kind of do a cost-benefit over it. Also, one more thing and one more point that I would want to kind of uh, mention here uh, in the interest of listeners is, uh, is the taxation structure, right? Um, so... A private limited company structure with the new changes coming from the government and the optimism that that is out there for startups registered as private limited company, uh, the corporate track, uh, taxes are reduced to 25%, um, right, uh, uh, to certain turnover limits. Uh, I believe it is 200 crores uh, as of today. LLP still remains as 30% flat from the first penny that you make in the company. Taxation in proprietorship is very interesting because you file as an individual. So you get an advantage of all the tax labs that are available. So as a salaried individual. As a, exactly. So so not as a salaried, but as a business owner, but it's still kind of because an individual. has a zero, zero okay. percent, uh, uh, you know, tax lab for the first uh, few lakhs and then it kind of goes to zero to ten, five, uh, okay. 20 and so on. So, so it's so the forth. same slab which applies to it a is normal exactly the same slab. Individual. Absolutely. It is exactly the similar. But then is the, it the same disadvantage that applies to the individual that they cannot show the expenses of the business? No. So your business, obviously your business expenses, you can claim those claim, as right? expenses, okay. right? So, uh, so that is, that is why a proprietorship and, and very particularly why higher fire is a proprietorship is, is I can claim the expenses at the same time. I can also enjoy the tax benefits uh, of the slab. So that is very nimble in, in its own sense. Uh, partnership is again LL, like LLP it is a 30%. Corporate tax lab for private limited or an OPC is a 25% uh, until the 200 crore of turnover. So, so that kind of you know also uh, set some grounds on uh, you know where you can actually take advantages of taxation and and where you cannot. Uh, so overall, if I'm summing this up and then we'll kind of have a formal sum up uh, is. Uh, there are certain things that you definitely want to kind of think of uh, when you when you decide on a on a business structure. First one is definitely you know uh, if you are alone or uh, with somebody. Um, secondly is uh, uh, you know how stringent your registration process you want to want to kind of be compliance in or what, point or of view. compliance point of view. The third is uh, how likely are you going to raise funds or how likely are you going to transfer shares in any any what means uh, to an employee under any ASOP or uh, onboard an investor in those kind of things. Uh, how do you see your company or how do you see your business organization, um, you know, still keeping alive after you are not part of the business? Um, so either you sell it off to somebody or or you are not there uh, to take care of the business, then what happens to that? So the longevity of the business. Um, very important point is how do you want to limit your liability, uh, you know, where a creditor cannot uh, you know, claim your personal assets for something that has been done for the business. The exposure to external uh, exposure risk. Exposure to external risk, exactly. Uh, and then overall taxation and statutory audit requirements and those kind of things. Um, do you really feel feel to kind of take that pain for the benefits that you get uh, from a private limited kind of a structure versus 
do you rather avoid those benefits and 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 rather take the benefits of being um, you know very uh, flexible in terms of uh, business operation so so i think those are summing up those are six seven points that i really uh you know think everybody should kind of critically assess before they jump on to a conclusion and more often so is because um uh, a lot of times i have seen uh, you know entrepreneurs uh, who are young in nature uh, you know they stay very excited about opening a private limited company uh, and uh, a fun fact is uh, a lot of those actually close down before they complete the first year mm. right and the compliances are are heavy and expensive uh, if they had stayed as a proprietorship uh you know the, the, there could be more appetite to kind of keep it running or or what not so yeah. so again like you know keeping up yourself very excited about registering a private limited company only uh is is uh, you know kind of almost a fashion in thing but i think it needs to no definitely as you rightly assessed. said it is all about being aware about which are the different options you have as you're starting up so and as you rightly said when you are starting up as an entrepreneur you are too full of energy and you want to get start and go fast but then there are certain crucial decisions that you often um, you know miss time it or misjudge it and it actually you know impacts your business on a immediate long run also you know and that's where these kind of basic knowledge about what structure and what are the uh you know model you want to work the freedom of operations to the exposure to risk and compliance all that if you are aware about it as an entrepreneur as a founder or co-founder it helps you to take a right decision absolutely so yeah with that i think uh, we sum up today's uh, podcast and uh, i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation i definitely did yes Absolutely. it was wonderful interacting with you shrijay and i think insights for me and krinal both i think we learned a lot definitely krenal definitely uh, sandeep bhai uh, it was great having you guys over here and uh, um it has been our first but uh, very exciting podcast so we definitely look forward to uh, do many more in future thanks a lot for listening to us this was legal talks with legalwiz.in and ichai thank you and we'll meet again thanks thank you so thank much thank you shrijay and thank you everyone